Hi, this is Thomas from Wolfheart, and you are listening and watching Interview Under Fire. All right, everyone, welcome back once again to a brand new episode of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sonny, along with Thomas Sokinen. Quite the honor, finally. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today in IUF. This is an exciting time here in the month of March for you. And the rest of the guys over at Wolfheart with the release of your latest studio EP, Skull Soldiers, dropped March 5th on Napalm Records. It's already been a week. And I got to say, Thomas, uh, congratulations on all the well-deserved reactions it's been getting so far, especially with it being such a complimentary follow-up to Wolves of Corellia. So much to, uh, like, I want to ravel so much about this, but like we talked about before the interview, uh, before we get to all that, I'm going to ask a very important question to start things off. How's life in Finland? I know it's a simple question, but it's an important (laughs) one to ask, considering... What's been happening in the last year, believe it or not. So how's how are you, man? <laughs> uh, it used to be a simple question. It has so many multiple <laughs> yeah, layers nowadays. But uh, overall, it's uh, my life is going pretty normal. But uh, Finland is starting to see really bad numbers, which is starting to make me doubt that there's going to be any festivals in the summer, which would be a huge bummer to lose two festival seasons in a row. But uh, yeah. But uh, it's uh, it's going going a lot better than a lot of other countries in Europe or Scandinavia. So the government has been doing some good decisions, and uh, I do hope they continue making those. So yeah, it's and- just a waiting game now to see what happens in the summer and the fall and the winter and. You know, it's like it's like those words like waiting game. How are you like kind of just they repeat in the back of your head as yeah. you know, I've, d- I've done so many of these uh, interviews with amazing, talented people like yourself. And I know it, it starts to really sink in. It's like, all right, when are we actually going to do these in person? You know, and, you know, uh, and we were talking about how life was, you know, in, in Texas. I'm in Texas and you're in Finland and life as of late. You know, Thomas, many of us have also been away from the stage and venues a lot, you know, fans and musicians alike. But how are you keeping up your vocals and instrumentations these days? Is that affecting your musicianship? Has anything changed for you routine-wise lately, if at all? Not, not really. We we don't really rehearse with the band until, un, unless there's a tour or studio session. So we don't have any like weekly rehearsals or anything like that. Actually, I'm doing this interview at my drummer's house because we're having this uh, small get together because we haven't seen, we haven't got together at all. No, no gigs in one year, so. Our bass player and sound engineers uh, are going to join here in like half an hour. But otherwise, we don't we don't hang out much anyway because we you usually see that much on tour. So the average life in Finland hasn't changed that much. I I don't practice growling unless we do the one rehearsals before the tour or the studio. So only thing that is uh, the whole thing has changed that I've been writing a lot more music that I would usually do, which okay. is going to gonna mean a lot of new music gonna be coming out this year or latest beginning of next year yeah and that's another thing that's been a commonality is a lot of musicians have because if they've been home a lot of this mm-hmm. built up you know tension and maybe even anxiety can you know can actually open up a new just a portal of just writing lyrics for something new that's coming out so many bands have been releasing music already this year and we're already in the third month and uh something i want to talk about um, you know, Thomas is again, we talked about it in the pre-interview is the last time I saw you guys was in 2019 at Canton Hall here in Dallas with Children of Bodom. And I wanted to ask, you know, uh, you know, the untimely death of Alexi Leho 
I think it was last month when it happened or it was January or February, one of those months. What was it like touring with him? I wanted to get your perspective because you were one of the last musicians, last bands to actually tour with Bodum. What was it like, you know, trekking across United States with someone like him and your interactions with him? Just, you know, what can you recall from that tour specifically? Well, he, he didn't really have was he wasn't really interacting with anybody on that tour and they were mm. they had their own bus and uh we our schedules didn't like really cross on that tour we did our sound checks when they were done already so i don't think i had even a single conversation with him but i knew him oh, before wow. because I've been, I've been working as a stage manager in finland for like i used to do it for 12 years in a row in the metal festival so i did children of Buddha multiple times and uh but uh, on that tour, uh, he wasn't in his best health. And uh, also, you could see some of the tension that eventually led to the, the thing, the situation where Alexi was not part of the band anymore. And he That's had true, the, yeah. so it's, it, it wasn't, yeah, not much of an interaction from his side. And it, it felt the best to keep them, let them keep their peace and not try to like, uh, force any of the interactions and stuff like that so it yeah of, of course and i know this is something that's it's two years ago i mean obviously you know I, I can't believe it's been two years since i saw you guys here in canton hall and uh, it was it was a great show for the people who've attended and I, i'm sure you know what, what i mean and uh you know with wolfhart you guys started in 2013 because i want to stick with the touring life uh thomas because this started as a solo project is that correct yeah yeah, and you've been at this for two decades, man, you know, and whether it's with Wolfhard or Before the Dawn, Final Harvest, uh, Dawn of Solace, uh, mm. Black Sun Eon. I mean, what am I forgetting? There's The list goes on for the amount of collaborations you've had with so many bands. And you've done some extensive touring throughout your career, Thomas. You know, how, how was that life for you personally? Because you played at Summer Breeze, uh, Rock Marathon, uh, Brutal Assault, 70,000 Tons of Metal, Vakken. And now we've all just been taking an unexpected step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation of the touring life? It does. I, 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 I was a little bit surprised how much I actually miss touring. I, I, I always loved touring, but I, I kind of considered that uh, I would be more happy in the studio than on the road. But mm. I, it doesn't mean that I didn't love touring. I didn't, but uh, now that that is gone, now I like really understand how huge part of the tour, like the whole touring is of the, the music making. I guess I didn't enjoy it that much with my previous bands, but now with the, the chemistry being this well in Wolfheart, it, it makes it a lot more fun when you, you enjoy the, the people around you a lot more. So it's, uh, it, it is weird. I like uh, after uh, the previous like constellation of the Blacklight, we did 140 gigs in 10 months. Oh wow! Uh, we, yeah, we we and the whole point was to kick open doors in North America, South America, Asia, so we could tour in all of those continents uh, again when the, the Wolves of Karelia comes out. So we were really expecting to do similar amount of gigs. All the schedules and our our like day jobs were arranged in a way that we could do it, and then everything was gone. So. Like last year, like not last year. Yeah, I, I wish it would have been last year. Year it, before. It feels like the year. same year. <laughs> yeah, it never ends. Yeah, we don't know what day it is. Don't know what time. Yeah. We're just here existing. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like in, I used to have at least like 100 travel days in a, in a year, easily 120 or more. 
So every third day of my life was traveling somewhere or being somewhere else. And now having all that time in Finland, that is a, that is a huge change. Yeah, speaking of change, uh, well, I don't even know if you can call it change, you know, and you've seen this for the last year, and I wanted to get your take on it, because considering how much how much time you've, you've been you've been traveling and uh, how many tours you've done, how many bands you've played with, how many how many fans you've encountered throughout your career. And, uh, you know, you've seen this for the last year. A lot of the bands have been doing live streaming. That's been a popular topic on Interview Under Fire. And you guys have done two live shows, if I'm correct, since the lockdown. Yeah. OK, so one was. I think around April last year, so you know it, it yeah. surrounded the release of Wolves of Corelia, and then one on January twentieth, where you guys performed the, the entire debut album, Winterborn, yeah. and you guys did some uh, live rarities as well. What was that like for you? I mean, you know, it's not something that you plan, obviously, with for the live stream. It just happened to be the situation that we're all in in this world. From your perspective, considering that how much, like I said, you've been touring a lot, what was the live stream like for you specifically? Being in front of a camera, empty stage, you know. How 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 much more different was that? Well, if you take all the fun out from the touring experience, then you have the streaming gig. That's <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, okay. You don't you, you don't get to travel. Well, I, oh, the one thing that 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 remains, you you really enjoy playing with the people you play with. You really enjoy get to play with your band members, but not the same way. Because uh, the the second second uh, streaming was a lot better because it was more like the studio live, and we were just playing to ourselves and, sh- and just shooting the footage and recording the the audio. The first one we did in one of the biggest venues in Finland, and that felt really awkward and horrible. That now, really I, I saw both streams, and I I saw I saw the I mean I could see like the tensions like wow this is not something we're used to. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but yeah, you, no, no, I, no. I get exactly what you're saying. But especially because we were still basically a little bit on the shock uh, because the devastation of the nation tour got shut down uh, approximately one week before we were supposed to fly there. So it was, I think if, if the stream would have happened like a few months later, it would have been a little bit different attitude and it wouldn't be that big of a shock. But uh, we did it really pretty quickly. We were one of the first bands doing the live stream kind of thing anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Uh, Considering what we were supposed to be doing at that date and what we were actually doing, that was, uh, it's not enjoyable for the band. It's the, the interaction with the fans is such a huge part of the, of the, of the show and, uh, and, uh, and a good geek. So, well, let me ask you this, Thomas, because I've, uh, again, this is a topic that comes up a lot because you guys were one of the first bands we've had, we've had, uh, artists like, you know, we had Nilo from Insomnium come on the show. And he was talking about his experience on selling virtual tickets to the fans. And they yeah. did the pre-recorded, uh, they did a pre-recorded show and they streamed it. They had their issues as well. Yeah. And we've had bands, you know, you know, Lamb of God did it, Behemoth, August Burns Red. I think Code Orange were one of the first bands to do it like a year ago. They they, they were the first band. That when we started planning, that was uh-huh. the first one that our management linked me that uh because yeah, we, hoped, yeah. we were yeah. hoping to be the first, but they 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 we were hoping to. We weren't the first band doing, but we were the second band announcing one. Yeah, I think this is, I think today's March 12th, but I think it was exactly one year ago on a Friday when that happened. But let me ask you this. Do you think the quarantine induced live streaming surge we're seeing right now from all these bands, including yourself, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward through your perspective? Like, do you still see bands doing something like this as regularity when all this is over? 
no no i don't i don't because when things go back whatever is the normal where we are heading now hmm. is the people the the one the people who are like more the core fan base the super fans so to speak that are buying the tickets for the streams is uh they are the ones who want to see the band live so it's they will stop buying streaming tickets and they will go to regular gigs when it's possible i don't think it's going to stay i don't know any band that i've been talking to who like doing a streaming gig <laughs> anyway i mean it's not a good thing to do as a band because you are you are missing so much of the good stuff of actually performing a real gig and uh definitely is not it, it, in the same level like um, enjoyable for the fans because you are watching it from the screen you don't get to be at the at the venue everything is it's a product where and there, it's a weird product the whole streaming because there was no demand but it kind of like came as a second best thing in this weird circumstances so when things change again back to more normal i think this is not going to stay yeah I, i laugh because uh there's so many artists who say um Okay, I laugh because yeah, I can mosh in my own room, but how much longer can I do it for? I've been doing it for a year, and <laughs> excuse me, but you know, you do the live streaming, and then how much more creative can you get? Because some artists say, yeah, I would love to do live streaming. It allows me a chance to engage with my fans, and other artists would say, I'm not doing anything until this is over. So yeah. I like your response because everyone has a different perspective on how they view things going forward. There's always that uncertainty. There's still tours being booked at the end of this year here in the states as well, and and. Again, we don't know what the situation is going to be like at that time later on this year. Um, but let's talk about something that's been a normality is new music. And I know we talked about everything. Let's talk about that Skull Soldiers EP yeah. dropped on March 5th. It's already been a week, came out uh, on Napalm Records. And this is the follow up to this, the 2020 album, Wills of Corellia. And yeah. uh, as far as I absolutely love this record, if one of my album of the year contenders for last year. And as far as melodic death metal, That's as good as you can get from Hail of Steel all the way to Ashes. You call it winter metal. That's exactly what I felt. Winter metal, yeah. considering how much it snowed here uh, last month. Now, now I, I got to say this because it was so groovy. It was so heavy, atmospheric, melodic with acoustic sections mixed with orchestral elements. I mean, epic is definitely the term here. It was riff after riff. I'm surprised to even have a head that's upright since it's been on repeat so much talking to you right now. <laughs> and then of course the new EP Skull Soldiers from the title track to Hereditary, the uh, acoustic version of Eon of Cold and the live version of Reaper. And uh, you said it yourself, Thomas, it, it was a sequel and you picked up right where you left off and it felt exactly as such like an encore. So how much, you know, did things change when you first started composing on these albums to where you ended up finishing it was there already a specific sound you guys had in mind with skull soldiers and with walls of Corellia. uh with Corellia, it was it was really clear uh, what i wanted to have the album sound like and uh because i knew the theme already i, I was i it felt like i was just uh, writing a soundtrack for the stories that i had for the lyrics so that was really clear and uh skull soldiers being this like the small sequel I didn't want it to be too much of a different thing, but there's there's a each song has a little bit different purpose than usually I would do on an album because EP we had only two new songs, which means the two songs need to stand alone, but need to work together in a way that they make a good variety of for the for the EP. 
instead of like eight or ten tracks that make like 40 to 60 minutes of an album so it's uh i wanted to like go a little bit different like a different direction also with the composing so i wanted to have the two songs to be as far apart as possible but they would still fit on underneath our name because yeah as you say, as you mentioned you mentioned the hail of steel and ashes the other one is basically doom metal song the other one is the closest melodic black metal we have done so that's the that's the scale of or of the different style of music that we have usually on one album now we have two songs to represent the same variety of music so i had to like uh, go a little bit more extreme inside one song that i would usually go so that's yeah, why it, the a title song is, is very death metal a lot less melodies than we usually have because that's the harsh side of our music and now everything had to be like a cramped into one song and that's why the the other song is a lot more melodic so it's a it's a di- different thing to to compose an ep i came to realize hey you, doing- uh but you did it well and i do want to talk about that theme here in a second uh but you know wolves of Corellia was recorded at uh, Deep Noise Studios by Saku Moilinen, yeah. right? And it was produced by you and Saku, and it was mixed and mastered by Yuho, hopefully I'm saying his name right, at Sound yeah. Spiral Studios. Yeah. Did you go the same route this time around with the production? Yeah. Okay, so it was a, it was the same same ensemble you had when it came to... Yeah. It's actually, I've been working with those two guys for... With Yuho, he, he used to play guitar in Before the Dawn also. He yeah. also mixed four of the before the dawn albums all dawn of solace albums black sun ian albums and now has mixed all wolfheart albums and uh so he's uh he, he's been quite a big part in, in my musical history in general and then i've been working with saku also at least eight years now so it, it's not just uh i have a lot of reasons to use exactly those two guys and they're gonna be part of the crew for the next albums of yeah. different bands. Yeah, yeah. what I was getting at, I'm sure there was a sense of comfortability in the studio for you, Thomas, yeah. knowing that they were working on this on these two records with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, between writing and structuring the songs in the production process, like we just talked about, now the band's lyrical content. Now, here's a here's history lesson for you guys who don't know, uh, mm-hmm. especially as of late, surrounds the, you know, the uh, Wolf, uh, Wolfheart's lyrical content surrounds, you know, the Winter War, Wage between Russia and your native country, Finland, which took place during the winter of November 1939 and March 1940. And Finland ultimately managed to stop the Russian troops from invading their country. And you talked about this, Thomas. You were inspired by the personal stories of your local veterans. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, talk about that because, you know, the, the small elite group or Winter War Special Unit are the Skull Soldiers who who call themselves that and the title track like we talked about uh you know the title track is crushingly heavy it, it resembled that tone of the skull soldiers and you talked about hereditary which was a melodic and heroic tone you, you had both sides to it in one ep you talked about how difficult it is to do an ep look at you doing this and you know it's i think you guys did it to perfection so so what i'm trying to get at is how important are themes for someone like you thomas is that more about helping you like write or sound or is that more for the audience? Because a lot of artists, they don't really care about themes. They just do 10 songs in the studio and that's it. But with Wolfheart, I feel like there was a specific goal you guys had in mind with these ideologies, with these stories, with these, you know, making them come back to life, so to seem. Mm, yeah, it's, uh, 
that that has to be one of the longest questions. Yeah, I know it's a loaded question, but it's something that I was. <laughs> hey, this is this is a year in the making trying to get you on this. Show. I know, I know, so I know. I've been having having that stored inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, loaded I question. But yeah, yeah. yeah go ahead. Coming. But it's um, I'm just trying to like uh, find the best starting point for the answer. But uh, themes are really easy for me to like. Uh, okay, I, I started that wrong. I'm going to explain how, why, how I write music. That will explain the best. And that's why it, it, it will explain why I like to have like these bigger themes in our albums. And then with lyrics, because uh, always when I start writing, it, uh, I get this, uh, this kind of like a movie poster. It's like a still picture from a movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have this like image in my head after I get the first melody or the riff. The riff gives me the idea of the certain scenery or image. And then the rest of the song, I will just write as a soundtrack for that image. So it's, uh, there's always like very, very strong visual side connected with the, with the song. It's kind of like a cinematic, if, if I might add, yeah, Cin- yeah. gives it that, gives it that uh, feel. Yeah. So that's why I, I really like it's, I do enjoy doing the production also because it's very important to me that the end, end result of the album sounds like it belongs to the picture still. If I would give the production away and uh, we would use Andy Snipe or some huge name in European sound engineer scene, I, I don't think it would sound the, the same that it it's looks in my head, if that makes any sense. That's really important for me to... Um, yeah, the cinematic thing is that's a good term. So, do you ever write it down? Like, if you just sit there and you get an idea, if you get a visual, no, I don't know. Just how do you how do you save it? Like, how do you keep that feel? Because well, because because so many artists, you know, they they would write it down or just you know take out their phone and they would just like record something that they just thought of, like you know, and then they would revisit it I, later, something like that. I might do that with the acoustic guitar and cell phone if if I just want to make sure that I remember one part of a song or riff or want to try out melodies on top of that. But, uh, but the image comes when I get the first riff or melody. So okay. then that, that is like a, that is a song already in my head. Like you don't forget that kind of stuff. It's, it's, yeah. then, then it's not just an idea. I'm building already something that I, that is basically burned in my brain. So it, it doesn't, it doesn't go away. I don't know how to explain it better because it's not like, I, I don't have that many conversations with other songwriters, how they, they do the, what is their writing process. But I always, always have a, like a very strong, like visual image for the song in the, in the, while writing it. So. Yeah. I, I was really excited to ask this because I went to film school for three years. So when I was hearing about how much you were influenced by by stories like that in your, your lyricism, I was thinking this would make such a great movie. And one of my favorite directors is Guillermo del Toro. I don't know if you've seen, you know, Pacific Rim and Pan's Labyrinth, the yeah. way he tells the stories. And I was envisioning, you know, Wolfheart, just the battle scenes and just the soundtrack, just everything coming together. I mean, I, I got goosebumps the entire time, you know, and you guys did give it that cinematic feel. I don't know if you're, I don't know if that's something you've been told before, but that's definitely the feel I got. So that was something I was really excited to hear about, something about themes that's and that- that, that has been mentioned enough that it makes me happy because that's something that I would really want people to experience that it's not just mm-hmm. a song, but there is a story that is not on the lyrics, 
but it's also in the, the, the song carries so like the story itself. I, I've done all our music videos for the same reason, because uh, I really enjoy bringing the, the, the visual side, like actually getting to do the stuff that I have in my head. That never happens. We don't have that kind of budgets that I, if, if I have an idea like uh, there's a guitar melody and I see myself or I our solo guitar player on top of the mountain and then there's the eagle flying above. That, that yeah, would never yeah. happen. We wouldn't be able to do that, but uh, at least I, I can push it as, as close as possible. And there are a few videos where we pretty much nailed it, like uh, Breakwater is one. I yes. was actually, That's a great the, music video, actually. The, the, Black Sun, the Black Sun Beach in Iceland, I actually had that in my mind while riding, like the fire and that, because Iceland has very unique places when it comes to nature and and. I was I, I I knew about that place. I never been there, but getting to go there with my camera guy and actually shooting those locations and uh, the glaciers and stuff like that. So I do really enjoy to work in when the music is done. I get to work with the visual side to try to underline the certain themes that the music carries that are like uh, that are not necessarily in the song even. But like yeah. the Hail of Steel video, we we did like this small war scene with like uh, in the boundaries of the budgets again it's not like we are not sabaton that we can just <laughs> have twenty thousand euros and just start making it but it's i really enjoy all that kind of stuff unless you're the game of thrones production crew i mean that's a whole different thing <laughs> yeah we, we didn't have those guys no i'm, I'm re-watching game of thrones again so i'm just i'm just re reliving those like battle scenes and then meshing it together with yours <laughs> yeah yeah, were you going to say something? I think I interrupted you there. Uh, it's, uh, the closest we get to Sabaton is actually we use the same pyro guy. But he, he's, oh. an, he's an old and good friend of mine the, from, from years back from the festival work. So it's just that uh, he eventually landed the gig with Sabaton and he does our like uh, pyros for the music videos always when we need. And like Hail of Steel, Breakwater, both like this, the, the playing parts with the fire was actually shot at his yard. Oh wow! I didn't know. I had no idea. And that's that's. I love. I love little tidbits like that because you really get to see the grand scale of things. And then it's like, no, no, no. It was actually here, and and that's how it shows how creative you guys actually got when it comes to putting like, that out there. If you would turn the in both videos, if you turn the camera around, it's going to be his house ten meters from the camera. <laughs> I have to watch it again after this interview. I'm definitely going to do that. It's going to give it a whole different perspective. Do you see albums like Wolves of Corellia and Skull Soldiers as uh, snapshots of where you are in a certain time in your life looking back, Thomas? Uh, I, I don't have that that kind of a personal connection with, uh, hmm. with, with Wolfheart. It, there is something in the music always, but I... There, there started to be certain issues if I go too personal with the music, like actually personal. Uh, that ends up in the result, like uh, the song Flood from our third album. Yeah. That is still the, the second biggest like uh, numbers in the, when it comes to music videos. It's soon going over 3 million. We never played that song live. We never will play that song live. Because it's when you go over certain barriers and borders, with the personal stuff, that's not entertainment anymore. That's not something you want to entertain people. It's just, so it's, uh, that's why I have a, I brought one of my older bands from the grave called Dawn of Solis. Hmm. So 
that's there's the if, if it doesn't like paint the picture of my year but it, it reflects certain sides of me directly as a person but that's why I, I don't do the vocals so i get to like be in the background and i i feel that i can freely tell stuff very directly because i'm in the background mikko does the vocals but Wolfheart doesn't doesn't reflect that side. I guess the Wolfheart is the positive energy when Dawn of Solace is the darker side. Yeah, you know, from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline that you have taken in, which we've discussed about so far, you know, whether it's starting Wolf Wolfheart as a solo project or, you know, being at this for two decades, over two decades for in your career, you know, you talk about Before the Dawn and Final Harvest, you know, Dawn of Solace playing at many festivals like 70,000 summer breeze and Vakken uh, with the, and with the different collaborations you've had with all these different musicians and with the production, have your aspirations as a person or a band, have they changed or evolved since when you first started playing music in the industry? Like, do you see, see do you see things differently today? Not, not really that differently. Uh, what I, I knew that already, but that has been very well underlined that the music business sucks. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> the, you get more cynical when it comes to the business side, but I've been really lucky now with Wolfheart considering their previous bands because uh, with Napalm and uh, getting, we, we jumped to Napalm after three albums for Universal and then we yeah. got the hard impact to do the management for us. We got the like both agencies, North America and Europe, got upgraded. So now, now music business doesn't suck anymore. But there were some rough times when it comes to having bad contracts and and wrong people working for you. So yeah, I mean, I, 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 otherwise, otherwise my approach and everything is still the same. I don't, I don't really see that much of a difference. Yeah. And that's an answer. You know, a lot of people have different, different uh, perspectives on what they see, you know, when I first started playing and to where they are now, but that's good. It, it kind of, it kind of keeps you focused on your crap to, you know, just further yourself as a musician and yeah. as a person, you know, now uh, this has been such an honor, Thomas. Like I said, we have a surprise, like right, right okay. at the end. I, I, I do this for a lot of my artists. It always throws them off because we've been talking about themes and you know, the lyricism, what I'm going to do, uh, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna put you on the hot seat. hot seat. I'm gonna see if you know the lyrics to your own songs. You're up for that challenge? Oh, okay. That that's interesting. I might <laughs> I might fuck this up really badly. Because uh, you, you know you can't, I can't tell you how many times I get that answer because uh everyone says that, but then they get every song on that list correct. And then I've also had artists who say, Oh yeah, I'll get every song right, and they get every song wrong. It's so funny. Um, uh, don't worry, I didn't pick every song. I go ahead. Uh, are we talking about Wolfheart songs or Wolfheart? Just Wolfheart. Okay, I, 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 I could do Donna Solace. I could do the other bands, but that, that, that narrows 13 <laughs> other albums out. So that makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. We'll save that for when we do it in person when you come to Dallas. I'm just telling, yeah, you, yeah. I'll tell you that. All right. So what I'll do, I just handpicked a select food throughout your discography with Wolfheart. Don't worry. Yeah. I'll, I'll start you off easy. I'm not going to go in order. Okay. I'm going to read a lyric and you guess the song. Okay. 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 okay that's. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you sound confident. I think you got no, this. No, I, I need to do uh, one thing. I need to say because that will make me look less of an idiot who doesn't know his own songs. Because I always I work with the with the working titles of the songs until the mastering day. I pick up the song titles 
on that day when we do mastering for the album. Mm -hmm. And then I continue using the working titles when we do the set lists and stuff like that, or we shorten the names. We don't use the actual names of the songs in this band. Or any of them. I'm going through the names that I picked. Okay, so when, when we actually get the names, I'm, I'm, if there is a shortened version of it, let me know what it is. Because okay. now I'm, I'm curious. Okay, it's, it's, not about, it's not a bunch of songs, so it'll be easy. So here we go. Okay. Unable to identify, see through the abysmal darkness, recognize your own reflection, what have we become? Uh, that's the, the hereditary. What, yeah, how yeah. Do you yeah, yeah, I was like, wait, that's it just yeah. came out last week. Yeah, Skull Soldiers. Yeah, uh, because another one, what, what I think is more challenging because you sell it in a different rhythm. Because yeah. how I remember the lyrics is also not just the words, but the rhythmical patterns of the vocals that carry the lyrics. So when you change the rhythm, I instantly recognize the first two words. And then I was just like, this sounds so weird. I was like, I don't remember singing it like this. this, you know? Yeah. It, it's funny yeah. because uh, it's actually great you say that because when I read the lyrics, I felt like it's like poetry because it is poetry. I feel like I could just read someone to sleep like a lullaby as I'm reading this. It's like a tale, you know? Um, so that's just a very different perspective when you read it as opposed to when you deliver it through your vocals on stage because the way it's meant to be presented. So yeah, also the way I write lyrics, I always have the, the rhythmics in my head for the vocals mm -hmm. and I try to fit the lyrics and the rhymes for that certain patterns that I, because I, I, I've been also as a drummer for 20 years. Yeah, now. yeah. So I everything is always connected with the rhythm or a melody. Nothing is just random. So that's uh, changing so that's, the rhythm. It's, yeah. It's so that's why this is, this is a test, definitely. Okay. okay. Remember, I, remember, I said I'm not going in order. So here we go. Yeah. Yeah. A shriek from the void exhales the words, painted to be seen, screams from within. Uh, breathe. Yep. Man, that's good. Winterborn. Well, we, did, we did. We did. the stream. <laughs> there you go. I was like, he's, yeah. He has to get this one. Dude, that's the yeah. song for six years until just a few months ago. So that helped me. All right. Here we go, moving on. Blood for blood from suffering into submission towards total reprisal. I didn't recognize the... the, the I think the, uh, it's from... Shadow World. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's the... Let me... I know the song now. I even know the part of the song. Uh, Nemesis. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Rusty steel into the bone, pierce the spine, one by one, shatter them all. It's like poetic when you just read it. The way I, the way I, I I'm not playing time when I'm saying something else than the actual answer, but I, <laughs> but I, I do, I do try to like uh, write it in, uh, in the term of a, like it, it would be poetry. It needs to be when you, especially when you look at the the, the booklet. When I, I get to decide also how it's divided, so it supports uh, the poetry structure. It is meant to be like you can just read it, and it would sound good in your head rhythmically and and and, and phonically. But yeah, can you tell? tell yeah, yeah. Those ones. Rusty steel into the bone, pierce the spine one by one, shatter them all. Damn. This is. I, I, uh, I, this did, is, I, I did. I did write that. Yes, I have no idea. It's before Walls of Corellia. So it's a constellation of the dark light. 
No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Before that, before that, before that. Then it's two years. Okay? Yeah. That doesn't. It doesn't change anything for my side. I've still <laughs> no idea. Uh, it is a uh, world on fire. Ah, uh, yeah. Is there another name for that? No. <laughs> okay, so I think you already answered the ne that next question with because you you had a guess on it. Without fear, defy the wrath of fire. With absence of pain, greet the flame of ice. That is from Constellation of the Black Heart. Can you repeat it once more? Yeah. Without fear, defy the wrath of fire. With absence of pain, greet the flame of ice. I know that part, but again, I can't. Now I can't connect the rhythm, so I can't. It's the saw. Damn. Hey, that's. Hey, I think the cool thing here is it shows the. I think it shows the growth and the maturity of your lyrics from time to time. Like it shows, it, there's a lot of them in your catalog. So, I, I understand how you can get lost within the lyrics because you told yeah. you said yourself it doesn't change anything for you if you had to change the year. Yeah, and it's I, I written lyrics for over 200 songs, so that's. Yeah, there uh, you go. That's true. All right, we got. Thought, <laughs> we, I just finished. We just got the new Dawn of Solis album mastered already, so. After oh, awesome. the, the after the uh, Wolfheart EP, I already wrote one another one set for whole album. So that those are the themes I've been having in my head lately. So it's uh, okay, some of the Wolfheart albums are really old albums for me because there's been some other albums in between. So all right, we got three more. Wait, for, wait. Okay, okay, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Are you, you're good. Are you good? Okay, here we go. Uh, wait for the cold. Let ferocious breeze pierced to their bones. Death walks our trail as we go forth. Uh, that's uh, that's Boneyard. Born from fire? Because you call it it's... Boneyard. Is that another word? Is that the other name for it? I, I thought it? I thought it would be Boneyard. No. Bone from fire. Born from fire. Yeah. From from Wolves of Corellia. You, um, you, I think you kind of got that right, though, because you talked about a different name with the title. Yeah, but it's... Uh... Well, Carilli is a really difficult album because we never got to play any of the songs live except Reaper and uh, and and Hail of Steel because that's that's gonna be one of the weird albums in our in our catalog because I you know I already know that when the touring comes back we're gonna have a new album because I have half of the next album uh, like uh, pre-produced uh, already so yeah that uh, album is gonna be in a weird place in our in our like uh, history because most of the album will never get any playtime on the on the gigs. Yeah, as goes for a lot of the bands who release albums during this time. So yeah. it's going to be yeah. a weird chapter for them. Okay, we're almost done, I promise. This next yeah. one should be easy because we talked about this. Yeah, okay. First strike of assault, first blood that was drawn, brought the demise, death by the blade. You performed this in its entirety. <laughs> yeah, you said one small. Yeah. First strike of assault, first blood that was drawn, brought the demise, death by the blade. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Strength and Valor from Winterborn. I was thinking that, but because again, I really lost with the rhythmical side and I just, I tried to find the, like the rhythmical arrangement where that would fit, not actually the song, but yeah. 
Man, I really hope I'm not messing you up now with your when you guys gonna perform now, because I know you guys are about to do a little uh, a gig together with the bandmates. If anything, I'm making you rethink your set list. So yeah. <laughs> All right, last one. I don't think I've actually called this. I did actually. Okay. Okay. You got the other one right. So here we go. Last one. The ocean floor, somber and bleary surrounding, beneath the ice. Yeah, see, Shadow World, I feel like Shadow World really sits in your mind pretty well because you've got, yeah. you got the other song right as well. Hey, you, you did good. The Assassin's Creed, we played a lot from those, like the, in the first and the second album. But uh, especially with the, all the new, like Carillion and, and, uh, and the Skull Soldiers, we never even rehearsed those songs because mm-hmm. everything was shut down in, in weird schedules. So that never was part of the band musically we just made the album and then those songs doesn't really exist to us like they usually do because you get to do a lot of touring and other stuff so yeah I'm, I'm <laughs> I, just, I, I'm, I made you trying, really think <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to talk myself out of the situation and, and the yeah. fact that i don't know my songs <laughs> <laughs> yes that's fine i think i think that's that's an okay thing because it shows like it shows how much more you have left to write you just wrote a new album thomas so like for you know, with new music coming up. So I totally understand that. But that I, I just think that that's amazing how the themes in your songs and how it just it feels like poetry, like we talked about when you actually just call it out. I think that's I think that's amazing. It shows different sides to each of those songs we just talked about. So um, if anything, we have that. But uh, this has been such an honor, Thomas. I'll let you go here. But do you have any, you know, last words, any shout outs, anything you'd like to plug as far as Wolfheart or Skull Soldiers um, going forward? I know you have new music for other bands, but I don't know what you can and cannot talk about. Uh, I, I don't either. Well, Dawn of Solace is anyway coming out in summer. Okay. Or, or in the summer because that album is already done. I don't think label wants me to talk about new Wolfheart stuff because we just got the EP out. But uh, but I think that is that's going to be very important for the band that we get to start working with new music as fast as possible because that's the only thing keep, keeping us active. We, yeah, we, we need to work together. That's the that's pretty like a big part of our lives, and that's the better part of our lives to get to do music together. So if we wouldn't do anything, I think that that wouldn't be good for anybody in, inside the band or or sound engineers or anything. It's a lot of the music writing and performing. It's it's also like social thing. Again, we don't rehearse, and we didn't have the need to hang out because we were touring so much. So. Yeah, we need we need something now to just keep us together as a band. So. Yeah, and uh, ho- hopefully we're going to be seeing the other side of this entire situation soon, sooner than later. I mean, I've said this before, but who knows going forward? <laughs> yeah. I think, I, like you said, working together is definitely. Yeah, I think we got to do that as a unit. But um, hopefully, we can do this one day again in person in Dallas. So yeah. I look forward to seeing you guys again. Uh, well, if you or Lori or Jonas or or anybody else wants to do this, I would love to do that. Um, I miss doing this in person, but. Um, this has been great. Uh, everyone who's listening, this is Thomas soaking in from Wolfheart. Skull Soldiers is out now. Came out. It's already been out a week on on Apalm Records. Please, if you can, buy the albums because the bands can't do it without your help. Don't forget, you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast streams. Check out us. Check us out on interviewunderfire.com. Uh, Thomas, you stay safe out there in Finland. Have a good time jamming with your bandmates and uh, think about those songs I just talked about. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> yeah. I, hopefully yeah. I didn't miss anything up there. Um, uh, you stay safe, and uh, I'll see you next time, buddy. All right, thanks. All right, man. I'll talk to you later.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.